later. Subscribe to it. Make it 207 tonight. Uh, and we want you to go ahead and hit pause, move it to the left, and get the uh, browser mouse thing on the triangle thing. So right now you guys have queued up 000 with uh, eggshells like 69 Toby Hoover's debut. I can't wait to watch this stupid film. So let's get the countdown going. You know, the king of countdown himself, Paul Brumbaugh, is Robot Rev Weekend. That's right, the Paul Brumbaugh, uh, our emergency proxy of all things Brumbaugh, which you can check <laughs> him out at Edge of the Edge of Insanity. Uh, he's uh, one of our great friends, and he does a radio show here in Mini Radio, and uh, so go to Venmo, Edge of Insanity, I believe, and also promote, uh, donate to Mini Radio, at Mini Radio. Okay, and the so, TS4. Oh, yeah, and my yes. PS4. No, let's drop that. You don't have Venmo, Venmo, PS4, support my. Oh, I need a PS4 while everyone gets a five. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's really bad, Carl. Uh, let's go, and here is the Brumbot. All right, so let's get started. I am, I am ready. It was a live show. We're very excited to have Paul here as our countdown gentleman. Let's get ready to Brumbot. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to Okay, so, let's get ready to Brumba. And now, what you've all been waiting for, Master of the Descending Numerals. The Countdown King himself. Would you please welcome, Mr. Paul Brumba? Alright guys, you know the drill. Put that finger right over that triangle and do it in three, two, one, go. Ooh, watchable films present. <laughs> well, that's watchmaker films. And it's like, why weren't they making watches? Why were they making films? Well, they were, you know, so into the mechanical things, they didn't really have an answer. You hear the birds? That's our beginning. Yeah, they go right to the credits. <laughs> Is it Tobe Hooper or Toby Hooper? Carl, what's the director's name? The director is Toby Hooper. Toby Not Hooper. Tob Tab Hooper. There's the sound down. Toby Hooper, am I saying it wrong? No, I think you're right. I think it is two syllables. <laughs> I probably pronounced it. Tob, Tob Hooper. Tob <laughs> So, Senor Hooper is very famous for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I've seen that movie a dozen times. Yeah. This was four years before. It was pretty much his first film, but he had done like 60 documentaries, shorts, commercials by the time he got to this. He was, oh, he was right. seasoned. I'm not a seasoned pro. He was a seasoned amateur. He taught at the university in Austin. He was... Uh, oh, Professor Hooper. That's right. Oh, it's yeah. so adjunct professor, something like that. Oh, right, right. Well, hanging with adjunct uh, Professor Hooper. I love that sitcom. <laughs> and it was totally hippie days. That campus must have been great. Now, this is a hippie movie, right? Is there any Chainsaw Massacres in this movie, Carl? Because uh, I have shit. No, no. There are no Wait. Chainsaw Massacres. This is That's actually a not a horror film. Can you believe? Now, there is a ghost or something that lives in the basement. Right. That's as close to horror as we get. So this is a, I'm going to pop sits on a park bench comedy. This is no, like, chainsaws or poltergeists or life forces or whatever the fuck W. No, it is that stuff. It is that stuff. Yeah. That's in the basement. That's in the basement. 
body bags. <laughs> no, not horror. Not horror like uh, murder. Horror like metaphysical. Like, don't go in the light. You know, like, look at these great cars. Oh, yeah, these are all vintage. This is, a, they're all going back to Jay Leno's garage. <laughs> they're all, yeah, they got a mighty convoy heading to Jay Leno's garage. We got a mighty convoy. And it oh, no, look out. <laughs> who, who else has one? Uh, Jerry Seinfeld, he's going to, here's Jerry Fine's uh, collection. Now, here is, you know, a hippie, the, you know, it's the just... truth shall set you free. You know, in our justice system. But this is the stock exchange, the court uh, house, the uh, city hall. <laughs> well, we're at a university, uh, the University of Texas in Austin, and we're going to see this clock tower, which is very famous for a horrible shooting. 14 oh, people. That's the famous Watchtower uh, massacre. 1966, Charles Whitman. 66 and this movie 69 so it's three years right. later yeah right so when he films the clock tower he knows what he's doing did he tell the there security guard i'll be right back i gotta shoot from the clock tower <laughs> yeah i gotta what do you mean shoot call in the <laughs> 900 we got another one freeze freeze drop the camera i'm not being number 15. <laughs> this hippie shit it's all football crap. Now, her name is Milan. Milan. Oh, she's going to mow my lawn. She is going to mow your lawn. And this is a anti-Vietnamese, uh, anti-Vietnam War rally. <laughs> we are really seeing a slice of time here. Wow. This is back where people didn't wear shirts. <laughs> but it's just a neat, look at the sideburns, and it's just They're a neat so slice grim. of... You know, the guys, everybody's pants is tucked in, and I don't know. Well, those are like radical cybers. They basically touch your earlobe almost. <laughs> Here's a real hippie. Yeah. The thing is, things have come so full circle every now and again. That's the writer. You just saw the writer. Oh. Uh, we'll, we'll show you much more of him later. Is he a character in this movie? Yes. Yes. Toby? No, Toby's not. The writer is. Writer. Uh, yeah, the writer is um, Kim Henkel. Kim Henkel. And Kim is a boy's name. Yeah, no, Kim could be a boy's name. If you're hippie. <laughs> if you're Asian. So he moved on to co-write um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Oh, yeah. Tobe. So do you think Tab and him were like... Uh -huh. Our, our buddies where the horror's at, you know, we're never doing hippie comedies again. No, yeah, uh, no. It, the reason he did Texas Chainsaw Massacre is because if he did horror, he didn't need stars. He could still get something that would go to Hollywood if, you know, and it didn't have to be a star vehicle for someone. Have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, I avoided that movie on purpose. Now I'll have to. When I was a kid, it was very scary thought. <laughs> you don't have to. It starts off with a DJ's voice, but it's John Larroquette is the actual DJ. Ah, okay. So he's like, I'm John Larroquette. There's a grizzly guy who imitates Ed King, but he's not Ed King. 
I swear. What was the name? Was it was Ed Gein or something like that? It doesn't matter. It's it's all gruesome. And they'll say, oh, the actresses really felt it. It's like, yeah. <laughs> like, you could tell that people are having fun at this parade. This uh, is a real snapshot in time. This is documentary-type footage. You know, it's this is what happened that day. So Look this how packed the place is, man. So this is a true exploitative movie because they're exploiting a uh, riot that's going on. I really think it was not done in the spirit of exploitation. Just like I remember we had a co-host in when Revolution was going on and he was making it fun like the director was a creeper. This was a weird time, Mike. This was one of the only times in history, except for like French poets in the 1600s, in which it was like love, share, embrace, you know, total legitimacy, right? It happened yeah, for about four years in a row. It might be a little one-sided. But they were genuine, even if they were mistaken, you know? It's not exploitive, like, hey, there's a riot, quick! This will be good on TV. I mean, it was just trying to capture the... I gotcha. He's Did you see that guy selling a newspaper? He was totally on the rag. <laughs> what? It was the rag <laughs> newspaper. <laughs> Now, listen, a rag newspaper brought this film back from obscurity. Uh, it was lost, completely lost. So there's this guy, editor-in-chief Lewis Black, uh, from the the Chronicle, which was like an alternative, you know. Sure, or like the weeklies. He found a copy and restored it. He was good friends with Toby back in the day. He was? He was Tab's friend? Yeah. Was he like, uh, check out my back page of my weekly? You need a prostitute? Check out the back page of my weekly. This is, okay. weekly. This is Ron. That's Ron on the porch, okay? And he's uh -huh. the one who's going to become mesmerized by the weird thing in the basement. Is that called the plot? There's a plot in the basement, and they, they don't want to let it out. It's very loose, but yes, it is a plot. A lot of this movie is plotless, but yes. He totally did make it with the plot. Now, the internet wants to tell me that there's a string pulling this paper airplane. Do you see it? I don't. Oh, yeah. It's wire foo at its finest. You can't really tell the wire. Yeah. Well, maybe they train like some circus ants. Now, this is strange. Toby does right now a weird gag. You see, it, ex it crashed and exploded. That's like a it's like, this is a comedy or something. But every joke turned to be a not war ending with an explosion <laughs> like that. <laughs> a crashing plane. Yeah, it was of the time. <laughs> you couldn't do a comedy sketch without having a massacre at the end. Now, here's what's weird, Mike. That will be it. That was a departure for the movie, but we saw it first. He's never again going to do some sort of wacky gag. Right. He just pulled it off in the beginning. <laughs> It was for the trailer. Yeah. Is that a Bundy Swoop uh, poster in his bedroom with a peace sign? I yeah. missed it. Uh, morning ritual. Bacon. That's the writer. That's the guy who wrote this. Oh, uh, that's Kim. Kim Hinkle. His name is Toes in this. Hey, Toes. See that dog there? That's Dog. And he will die. What do you mean? Oh, wait, this is dog. In the movie, he will die. Oh. 
Now I have to look it up, damn you. Yeah. The thing is, don't bother. I was totally making that up so that you would go look it up. I, he does not die. <laughs> I'm going to type in eggshells. Uh, does the dog die? I'll be the biggest idiot. <laughs> now, like... I don't like Kim's personality in this thing. He's okay. What they're doing now is making a joke like they're doing grace and prayers in different, you know, they're doing it in French and in Latin. Yeah, and they're just like, let's eat the hot food while it's hot. Right. Oh, God. I don't want to hear it. All right. But it's, here we go. Christine Laisson. Christine Laisson. Christine Laisson. And then in the end, this is Amy here. She's like, enough of this guy bullshit. Yeah, let's eat. Now, that is Amy and David, and they will be married. You got a room with a view? <laughs> is that a porch or is there a window like popped in? <laughs> That's like an exterior balcony kind of porch. Yeah, that kind of Okay, now Kim is sitting down at his typewriter. Now, this is probably a snapshot of how he was in real life. This is probably the dude Kim and all his ad libs throughout this whole film. It's really him. Now, what scene do you think he's of the movie is he typing right now? <laughs> what he's is probably doing, he's, you can hear his, like, short story. I, I, you won't want to, but. Okay. No, trust me, the guy's name is Toads? Mm, yeah, that's his Toad. But it's really yeah. him. And he's probably just one short story he wrote. We're hearing it. It's kind of poetic. It's like a. Yeah. Well, throughout the film, he'll be at his typewriter every now and again. So is he, he's writing the story we're watching. No, no. That would be a pretty good plot. This is uh, David. That's, that's uh, Alan. That's Amy. <laughs> well, how many times, let the audience know how many times you've watched this movie prior to our, our broadcast. Like, like four like but one of them was like real absent-mindedly and the other i was fast forwarding but about four okay <laughs> that's plenty carl that's that's all you have to do that's the show's entertainment right there that's david that's david he is cute mm. that's parrot parrot sharon okay what's happening now is they're saying that this house is haunted yikes now, Sharon is in real life married to Alan, and that is their real-life baby. There's Alan. That baby's like a Gen Xer right now in his 50s. Yeah, that's probably true. He would be the one to interview about this movie. Right. If we oh, were absolutely. like Adam's podcast or something. Right. Yeah, if we were like a real podcast, we would interview the baby from Eggshells. I remember the third day of shooting, and the director asked me, and I was like, goo, goo, gah, gah. What a remembrance. He looked at me and said, want milk? And before I had a chance to answer, the lights were on. He yelled action. 
<laughs> Got milk? Honk, honk. Got me on the first take. <laughs> so what's happening is Amy is like, this house is haunted. And Alan is like, they told you it was ahead of time, so you think it was. And then she's defending herself. Why? She heard these footsteps go upstairs. They never came down. Uh, and also, they went out to the back to this, like, shed and opened it up. And, like, there's just evidence there was a murder in her opinion. She thinks the house is haunted. What do you think, Carl? She's right. Oh. It isn't. It isn't haunted by ghosts. It's haunted by like a creepy, slickery, I'm controlling you light in the basement. Is it Beetlejuice? And it, no. And it makes them get under those hairdresser things. Oh, right. Their hair's eliminated. I guess. It'll like liquefy them in the end. It's, that's, our, that's our big finish. So they all get liquefied at the end of this movie. <laughs> Four of them do. Our main characters. Amy, right. her days are numbered. So, you know, if you don't want to have this film spoiled, just stop listening. No, no, this no. If you crime. listen to this podcast. Yeah, right. Okay. The film will be spoiled. So we're watching them now, but we know in advance that they're going to get liquefied. <laughs> because of me and my big mouth. No, it's it's gratifying to hear their opinion now. <laughs> okay. But no, this is why she thinks the house is haunted. Right. Why would she dream it up? Right. Okay. Now we have like a hippie segment in which I don't know, you'll we'll see this sort of thing a lot. He's creative, he's creative, he does a good job. Of what? Just going in his backyard? It's nineteen sixty-nine and it was a time before no no, it's not just no no, we're about to be introduced to this ghost kind of thing. Look, you see the smoky stuff? Right. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. Plot. We're getting plot here. I don't want to watch another Chainsaw Massacre movie, Carl. Don't make me do it. I've already watched it a dozen times. I don't want to watch it. <laughs> You've watched it for me because I have. I guess I should see it now. Yeah, don't watch it. Don't watch it. It gets under your skin. No, but the thing is, back in my like teens and twenties, that stuff would get in my skin. Okay, hold on now. You see, we're in the basement now. Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, we're getting to the where, you know. I was told I was supposed to perform here in this space in the basement. <laughs> look at see, look, I mean, see the smoke and the flickery yeah. thing. Is that a, a spectral vision I see? Look at that. Look at that. What is that thing, Mike? Uh, it's a poltergeist. It's a polter. It's a protogeist. It's the first. It's the prequel. It's the prequel geist. Listen to this annoying 60s music. Yeah, banjo or go go. Is it harmonica? Uh, no, it's a saxophone for sure, and oh. a, and a, one of those uh, mouth uh, boing 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 boing. You know, like Snoopy had. Sure. Well, they're called a Jew's harp. You could say it. 
<laughs> you think I wasn't saying it because of the word Jews? Boing, boing, boing. Do you think Jew is an insult? It sounds kind of insulting, right? Well, it's also Harmful. known as a, as a jaws jaw harp, a jaws harp. Okay. You, yeah, but it's Maybe also it's known a, not an auto harp. Uh... Anyway, once or twice I played it, and that thing touches your tongue, and that's yeah. gonna fuck you up for about fifteen minutes. Ah! That's done. <laughs> what were you doing licking the uh, harp? The jaw harp. It has a name. Boing, 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 boing. Google would tell us, but. All right. Okay, so now they're having like a political discussion. Like David is saying that these people got killed by the police. And then she's like, what's this country coming to? She's talking about her father's views. and. Right. Uh, basically, he recorded a conversation. It's no plot whatsoever. But they're in the bathtub naked together. That's well, the they're they're hippie friend and hippie friend. Do you think like people went to the theater just to see hip, naked hippies in a tub? Yes. Well, by the way, this never went to the theaters. This had like fifty engagements. It was at college campuses a lot, like all around the country. He was trying to get noticed and it didn't work. Um, it did win pro a gold award though at the Atlanta Film Festival. Um, yeah, it won, yeah, the gold award. And it was 1971, so it was two years old at that point. He shopped it around, it just wasn't uh, Chainsaw Massacre. So he just was like, let's hit the circuit for two years and we could crash to people's couches, film other fellow filmmakers' couches. Well, remember I was talking about you, the genuineness of the hippies? Uh, yeah. That doesn't really count for Toby. What Toby was trying to do was make a splash in Hollywood. That's what he was trying to do. He had, he was nine years old. He made his first sound recording with his father's eight millimeter Super 8, maybe? And he was like, that's it, I'm a director. And... You know, he was the college's only film student. They had one film student. Wow, in Austin, back in the yeah. day. And then yeah. he became a T adjunct professor there at the huh. same time. Yeah. He's uh, like, I'm the only student. I might as well teach myself. That's right. He he um no, I'm sure he taught some course that was populated by students. The um he, he worked for the local PBS while he was there. He really did a lot of work before he came to this film or Chainsaw Massacre. Well, you know his history. Like the, the, He's notorious. The, he directed Poltergeist, but the story is that he didn't direct it. Spielberg ghost directed it. Yeah. But I don't, I don't know what to believe. I, never I don't saw know it. either. I know he did not direct Poltergeist, too. That's fact. That's someone else. Well, the, the fact that he directed, you know, even Salem's Lot prior to Poltergeist shows that he's a director. He could have done it without Steven Spielberg, whether Steven yeah. Spielberg was on it or not. Now, look, if you remember Poltergeist, there's lots of Steven Spielberg-type stuff, type angles. Remember when the chair was going across the uh, floor? It was from a low looking up. Okay. Never saw it. Oh, then that, you should see it, but okay. This is, oh, it's maybe it's not going to happen now. Soon Ron is going to become mesmerized by something and he's going to find himself in the basement. 
And that's like, yeah, he's going to live his life out in the basement. Except for this one jaunt in the park. It makes no sense. We'll get there. So they just moved in and they got hippie posters all over the place? I doubt it, they just moved in. No, I think they've been living here. All right. It's their frat house. They called you. it. It's their fashion sense. <laughs> I would rather go with the cr cracking... Uh, Worn prominently on my stylish jackets. It's time to work together to take the country back from us and return it to ourselves. It's time to turn this country around and drive it into opposing traffic. It's time to take a chance on the Chancellor. Full uh, Black Plastic Mutiny Radio out of him. That's the law around here. You got to wear your sunglasses so you can feel cool. Gangsta lean. <laughs> Y'all should dig my sunroof top. Well, all right. Hey, I was digging on y'all funk for a while. Sound like it got a three on it, though, to me. You know, I was down south and I heard some funk with some main ingredients like Doobie Brothers, Blue Magic, David Bowie. It was cool. But can you imagine Doobie in your funk? Ho! W-E-F-U-N-K. We funk. Make my funk be funk. Ho! I want the funk uncut. Oh, make, make my, my funk yeah. be funk. I want to get funked up. 
him. I want the bomb. I want the P funk, y'all. Home of the extraterrestrial brothers.
Just as long as I'm the only one Other than your wife Your wife, how would she feel If she caught us together The same way I would feel If I caught you with another
rocking out tonight to maximum rockabilly. When two punks choose to risk the subway for a tube to Piccadilly, whose efforts stir fast gangs for glory, another dumb casualty. Having fun. Salvage six, hit a flick, knife flicks. Oh, kiss me. Deadly. Tonight. Another battle was won and lost down the bishops' end last night. Spotlights pick the kids in triumph with a thousand scars in
there's a gal what they call the Cincinnati Fireball. One look, you fall for that Cincinnati Fireball. I bet your five are gonna get you ten. She's gonna break my heart again. But don't you know, whoa, whoa, I gotta go, whoa, whoa, back to old Ohio. Now when she walks up that walk, it's such a pleasure to the eye. And when she talks, sweet talk, you love it though it's all a lie. And when she tells you she'll be true, but never tells you true to who. That's why I know, whoa, whoa, I gotta go, whoa, whoa, back to old, whoa, whoa, I owe. Well, that's Cincinnati Fireball. She's not too tall, but she's got it all. And ooh, baby, kiss, that kiss of fall. Wanna climb the wall? Well, I'm a fool. It's clear, but my desire is very small. If I could just be near to my Cincinnati fireball, 'cause every time I hold her tight, it's worth a thousand sleepless nights. That's why I know. Surprise and you're leaving 
your memory bank never got this far. George Clinton, the funk stops here. 
Everyone's always talking about what they want and how they can't get it. But Dr. Funkenstein will tell you, you got to bring something to get some. Rock the vote every day. This is George Dr. Funkenstein saying that if you're looking for a way to put some cosmic funk into the universe, then become an activist. See something you don't like in your neighborhood, find a way to change it. Rock the vote every day. Yo, this is George Clinton. The funk stops here. The only thing the cats in Chocolate City understand is the voting booth, otherwise known as the auto-electric booty machine. So be the bomb in 2000. Rock the vote. This is Ian Asprey, the cult.
billow meets billow, they're soft below. Our weary we flipping, curl at thy ears. The storm shall not wake thee, nor shall return. Sleep in the arms of the slow swimming seas. Seal mother. The white seal. All these things happened several years ago at a place called Novostoshna, or Northeast Point, on the island of St. Paul, way in the way in the Bering Sea. Limmershire, the winter wren, told me the tale when he was blown onto the rigging of a steamer going to Japan. And I took him down to my cabin, warmed and fed him for a couple of days till he was fit to fly back to St. Paul's. Limmershire was a very knows how to tell the truth. Nobody comes to Novostoshna except on business. And the only people who have regular business there are the sea. They come to summer months by hundreds and hundreds of thousands out of the cold grey sea. For Novostoshna Beach is the finest accommodation for seals of any place in the world. Sea Catch knew that. And every spring would swim from whatever place he happened to be in, would swim like a torpedo boat straight for Nova 